0: In today's episode, I'm joined by my guest, Allison Marchetti, one of the founders of First Love You. Allison is a group coach, a public speaker. She believes in self-love, confidence to stress less, healthy habits, goal-setting, wellness, and helping find your purpose. Allison works with adolescents and girls to help them Have self respect, a positive self image, and understanding your own unique gifts and beauty. I am so excited to share this conversation I have with Allison today. If you find it helpful, please head to wherever you listen to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating and review. And we talk about comparison how to goal-set, her self-care practices, Allison's morning routine. We talk about so much how to help us help our girls. We talk about the very sobering statistic that our girls are up against today with social media and the comparison that even us adults have with social media and her. Allison's view on what she does to help with comparison. So please enjoy this episode. Today I'm joined by my guest, Allison Marchetti. Hi, Allison. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. I am so excited to be here. I want to thank thank you you so much for inviting me on And I think it's gonna be a really great conversation for all of your listeners. I think they're gonna get a lot out of it. And I just wanted to tell you too that I love everything you're doing. And- Thank you, I love everything you're
0: doing too.
1: Yeah, I have to share
0: with the listeners. So sometimes, you know, social media is a love-hate place. Like I hate how I compare myself. I hate how my kids compare themselves. But then once in a while, you meet someone online on Instagram and connect. And that's what happened with Allison. I saw her posts and she's very inspiring. I love what she's doing. So I asked if she would be on my podcast. I'm so excited. She said, yes. So can you actually tell the listeners who you are and what you do?
1: Absolutely. First of all, that was so kind. And okay. I really appreciate it. That's what I'm trying to do with my social media account. I think that it is such a negative place so many times for people. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I'm creating a space where people just feel comfortable. They can maybe learn a little bit and they can feel good about themselves because I think it's hard to find places like that, especially on social media. Wow. Um, okay. A little bit about me. I am a former lawyer turned stay at home mom. And now I'm a coach. So I have, I love to coach moms and I also love to coach girls. I have been married for 17 years. I have three kids, two dogs, one bunny, one lizard. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> yes. But I feel like empowering women and empowering girls is what it's all about for me. I think a huge mm-hmm. part in life is just giving back and sharing what you've learned. And that's one of my goals with my Instagram account and also with our business, just to kind of teach the girls everything that I wished that I had learned in school. Yeah. So I think that I have a unique perspective because a lot of the issues that I talk about, I struggled with as a girl. I have two girls and I see them Mm -hmm. struggle with these things. And then also as a mom, I struggled with these things too. So I like to share things that I have learned along my journey, as well as my experiences and just share it with people. I think that it's a really great thing once you have knowledge to share it with others.
0: Yeah, I believe that too. You have on your website, and this is like, I mean, I knew it was like this, but I didn't know. I, when you see it, it just puts things into perspective. Over 50% of teenage girls are using restrictive measures to lose weight at any given time. 50% of teenage girls use unhealthy weight control behaviors. The National Institute of Mental Health reports that 2.7% of teenagers ages 13 through 18 suffer from an eating disorder. 74% of girls say they are under pressure to please everyone. 72% of girls feel tremendous pressure to be beautiful. And, you know, it goes on. Um, And the fact that I feel like on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, they compare themselves to the Kardashians or, you know, the Instagram influencer of the moment or something. And it's not even myself as, you know, a 43 year old woman, I compare myself to people. I compare my kitchen and house to others, you know, so it's so hard how do you, you know, the girls are up against so much, you know, with social media, how do you help them with comparing themselves or empower them? So
1: again, I completely relate to this too. I feel like as women, it's just something that's default in us that we compare ourselves to others. And the thing is, comparison isn't necessarily a bad thing. So you can compare yourself in a good way. We just choose to compare ourselves in a negative way. But the Mm -hmm. beauty is that since we chose to compare ourselves in a negative way, we also can decide to compare ourselves in a positive way. So one of the things that I like to tell moms, and I also like to tell the girls, is you can compare yourself. You just compare yourself. How are you alike? What are some positive qualities that she has that you can see in yourself too? because there's always some sort of similarities. And I think as girls and as moms, that's easier sometimes than just saying, stop comparing yourself because it's just something that's so programmed in us. But when we take a minute and realize, okay, I'm comparing myself again, I'm going to look for something great in her and that I find in myself instead of the negative. That's one of the big things, but comparison is You know, I don't want to say it's human nature because I don't think that's a fair statement, but it's a real part of our culture. And it's something that's a practice to, to change this shift, this, you know, comparison mindset. It's Mm -hmm. not something that we're going to have perfect all the time, but obviously I think it makes a real difference. Um, Some other things are, we suggest limiting social media. I think that there should be screen time limits on social media. And I know that, you know, I'll give you an example. My daughter will be on one of these apps and for the longest time she knew the password. So she'd hit hit her limit and she'd type in the password and then she'd continue on. And now Mm -hmm. at this point, I have the password and she doesn't have it. So I think it's important to set limits, time limits. I think it's also important to set certain room limits. So maybe you don't let your child have social media in their bedrooms alone. Maybe it's something that it's a common space that you're all in that you're actually she's actually there or he and you're present there too. So it's not such an yes. isolating thing because I think a lot of times it becomes that. Um, maybe there's no phones at the table. I think that that's a really good practice. Yeah,
0: too.
1: Um, and I think that a big part of it too is is it's what are you modeling? So what is a mom? as a parent, are you modeling? Are you on social media all the time? And what are you doing while you're on social media? I find it really helpful to sometimes sit with my girls and show them what's on my social media account, the accounts I'm choosing to follow and the mm-hmm. purpose and intent behind that. So I'll have them watch me when I am spreading positivity on other people's accounts, writing kind comments you know, I'll have them, you know, maybe listen to some of the things that I'm listening to. I don't think that social media is inherently a bad place. I think that it's maybe what's being put out there sometimes. And the beauty is we have a choice of who we follow and who Mm -hmm. we don't follow. And I know that that could be a difficult concept, especially for our young girls too, because they feel like they should follow who their friends are following. Mm -hmm. And I get Mm -hmm. that. But I think that, when there's limits and when they're reminded that this isn't real. And again, you know, when I sit with my girls or even in class, we'll go through and we'll tell them, you know, this isn't real life. This is someone's highlight reel. This Kardashian that you're looking at, she has a glam squad. Mm -hmm. She has a professional photographer. She has, you know, a personal trainer. She, you know, all of these things that just aren't real. Yeah. And I think it's important, so important for us to remember that, you know, everybody is portraying a highlight reel. You know, I try to sometimes Mm -hmm. in my stories actually put things where I've, you know, totally made mistakes or screwed up when I'm speaking and just laugh at myself because that's, that's real. Yeah. Even when we see, and I think that this is big on TikTok too, even when we see girls that are crying, let's say on, on social media, that's, You know, maybe they are crying, but they're still making a conscious decision of what they're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And then our kids sometimes don't realize that maybe that's not real. So I think the best advice that I can give is what are you modeling? You know, look at your child's account with them and go through it all with them. Oh, you know, this person right here, do you realize the reason they're holding that sugar scrub in their hand is because they want to sell it to you. They might not even use it. You know, just pointing these things out to your children, I think, are so so important.
0: Yeah, I kind of because I'm a yoga instructor too, and when my my Instagram account at first was like all yoga, and I was doing all like handstands, headstands, and I was like, you know what? I need to post myself falling too. So I started posting like in the stories, you know, messing up. I have like one at the end of like, it was like in December or something. I did like the carousel and I I had a bunch of bloopers on it. I was like, you know, I am a yoga instructor. I've been practicing yoga for years, but I still fall and mess up. So I started doing that too. And I also, I don't ever post um, what I ate in a day post because sometimes I'm hungry. Sometimes I'm not, but also I don't want people to think like, I just think those are not good. (laughs) Like everyone is individual and one person might be working out a lot and able to eat more. Like I'm just not okay with those kinds of posts either.
1: I think that that's a really good point too. And Mm -hmm. again, when we're looking at something like that or when our child is looking at something like that it's important to remember that we're each different just like you said, you know, what did Mm -hmm. that person do in the day? Maybe they had more physical activity. Maybe they had less physical activity. Maybe this was a really special day where they were trying to eat clean the whole day. You just never know the whole story. Maybe those foods work for their body. Maybe the foods wouldn't work, you know, for someone else's body. So I think tuning back into yourself is always really, really important too, because we're Mm all so different. And that's another thing that, you know, we like to tell moms and then also tell girls, everybody's different. So often we're trying to be like everybody else. And I think the goal is to be ourselves. When we allow ourselves to truly be ourselves, tune into ourselves and appreciate and celebrate our differences, that's when we feel the best. So of course, you know, you're going to see these people this person doing that, this person looking that way, whatever it is. And if they enjoy that, then that's amazing. But I think it's important to ask yourself if it's something you actually enjoy and you want to do too. And I think that yeah. that can help with the comparisons too, is that everybody's different. And that's what makes the world beautiful. You know, you want to be a first rate version of yourself, not a second rate version of someone else.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> How do you help or tell? Um, Kids, how to be more mindful? Um, Or do your kids listen to you? Because mine don't, for me, even when I try to get them to do yoga with me, um, because I'm mom, they don't want to practice meditation or mindfulness with mom.
1: The first thing that I think is really important is to sometimes get someone outside of yourself. So Mm -hmm. it's similar to school. I know I've tried to sit down with my kids to practice school. And it's harder for me. I know that they perform and respond better to a teacher. So sometimes the message coming from a third person, it may feel strange, you know, because you're thinking I'm a yoga teacher. I should be able to teach my kids these things, but Mm -hmm. sometimes kids need that other voice. And I think that's why it's important that programs like ours, you know, come into kids lives because sometimes they just hear it in a different way when it's coming from a third party. And I think it makes a difference, but my kids. So again, I'm really big into what are you modeling as a parent? Mm -hmm. So for me, journaling is a huge part of my practice. Meditation is a huge part of my practice. And for the longest time, I I felt like I almost didn't do it while my kids were around. And now I've kind of flipped my mindset on that. And I intentionally try to do it sometimes when they are around. So they see me doing these things and My daughter, she has definitely picked up journaling and loves it and does it before bed every night and just kind of does a brain dump. And for those of you who don't know what a brain dump is, I love a brain dump. And you literally just write down everything that happened that day, the good, the bad, the ugly. You don't have to worry about punctuation. You don't have to worry about anything. You just dump it all on the page and get it out of you. And it's really great to do before bed for our kids and for ourselves. So that's one of the biggest practices and also deep breathing. I think deep breathing is so powerful. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, the kids can practice this at school. They can practice it at home. Just taking those deep belly breaths can make such a difference. You know, it actually sends signals to our brain to relax and yeah. to come back to the present moment. And I think that's another thing that's huge in our house. My Do my kids do it all the time? No, <laughs> but yeah. I'm reminding them to do it and they see me meditating. They see me do it too. And I'm hopeful that me modeling it for them, they actually will do it too. I'm a firm believer that actions speak louder than words.
0: Yeah. How old are your
1: kids? So I have an 11 year old. I have a 10 year old
0: and I have an eight year old. Oh,
1: what about you? Yeah,
0: that's good. I'm 14 and 11 and they're both girls. So your 11-year-old, she just journals on her own. That's amazing. She (laughs) does. And I love it for her so much
1: too, because I think that oftentimes as our kids get older, they find it difficult to maybe talk to us about things sometimes. Yeah, And I also Mm -hmm. think they find some of their bigger emotions kind of scary sometimes too. And for them just to have a safe space it's n- not judgmental that they can just, you know, release whatever is happening, I think is so important. So yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I never even show, Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Oh no. I was just going to say, I never even thought of, you know, to like, cause I wake up early for work and I meditate before. So, you know, I wake up at 4am, so I'm meditating and then, you know, journaling when they're at school. So I've never even thought, you know, like just journal in front of them, meditate in front of them. Um, I mean, they know I do and they know I use essential oils and, you know, all of those things. Um, sometimes I'll t- do like the tapping, the EFT tapping or like breath work and I teach them breath work and that, but I'm going to start doing the meditation and journaling in front of them. I have a journal too. I wrote a journal and it's, like, on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and I never even, like, thought to, like, give that to them. To use. I love that. I love that you wrote that. What's the name of it? 90 Day Wellness Journal. And it's just, it has a spot for, like, affirmations. Um, I have the brain dump in it for nighttime, too. Love um, that. And then your goals, and then like after each thirty day, like reevaluate goals. I actually want to do another one. I just want to do a gratitude, like morning gratitude, and, and then nighttime brain dump again. But um, I want to do it myself. And this is um, live and learn kind of moment. I've only made eight dollars off of the journal with the publishing company I did use. <laughs> so, and it's been out for a year. So, um, kind of. Uh, Live and learn moment. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm
1: going to plug you since you're amazing. And I'm sure that the product is amazing. So, hopefully, everyone goes on Amazon and gets it because I think that from what you just said, it seems like it would do nothing but help people. And it seems like it could be used by kids, it could be used by our teenagers, and it also could Mm -hmm. be used by adults. And I am a firm believer that journaling is such an important practice. What does your
0: morning routine look like? You mentioned so these. mine is I wake up and I have warm water with lemon. I've been doing this for like over 15, 16 years. Like, I don't know. I read somewhere one time and I was like right out of college about it. And I just stuck with it. Um, it just kind of like, de- it rehydrates me. I feel like um, then I meditate. I used to be a person that couldn't meditate. Meditation was very hard for me. So I would only do like five minutes this past year like 2022 i finally got it which is nuts because i've been a yoga instructor for five years but i just started doing kundalini meditation and like with mantras and that so i do that and then i start work and then if it's school time um, i get the kids up take them to school um and then come back and uh work again. And then, you know, throughout the day, if my, cause I have anxiety, I was diagnosed with anxiety in high school, like back in the nineties. Um, and I'll like do EFT tapping or meditate again. If, um, I feeling really anxious or something. What I love that you? you're what sharing.
1: I love oh. that you're sharing about anxiety because I think that there still, unfortunately is a stigma attached sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know of so many moms who are struggling with anxiety and feel like it's something they've done wrong.
0: And I
1: think that, you know, I struggle with anxiety too. And I just want everyone to know that it's not something you did or didn't do. It's just, you know, sometimes people have it and don't beat yourself up about it. And there are things to do and, you know, people to talk to if you need help with that and never, Mm -hmm. ever be ashamed for asking for help. So I think that that's yeah. a really important message for everybody. Like I said, especially moms. So many times we feel like we need to have everything together and be this "quote unquote" mm-hmm. perfect mom, and nobody's perfect, right? And I think it's a really important message for all moms to hear. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has hard days, and it's normal. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. So, but back to uh, morning med- morning uh, routines. So what my morning routine looks like is before I get out of bed, I try to set some sort of intention. And for me, I found that having the same one every day is really helpful. So I just tell myself, today's a great day. To have a great day. And Mm -hmm. I know it sounds so simple, but I'm telling you, everybody should try it. It really makes a difference. It sets the tone for your day. Then I get up. And I make my bed, I open the windows and get a little sunlight in because sunlight's Mm -hmm. so good. I drink usually like a full glass of water. Um, I'll do some sort of meditation to just kind of, again, set my mind right before the kids wake up. And then I usually try to do some sort of movement and it's whatever I'm feeling that day. It can be, you know, some sort of high intensity cardio. It could be running. It could be jogging. It could be walking. It could be yoga. It could be stretching. You know, I I think it's important for us to tune into our bodies and see what our bodies need on that day Mm -hmm. and then give it to them. And if it's a walk, then that's amazing. If it's some gentle stretching, then that's amazing. So that's usually what mine looks like. Um, I love that you mentioned about meditation too, because I think, Mm -hmm. and again, I've talked to so many moms who struggle meditating and they beat themselves up about meditating and meditating should never be a place where you beat yourself up. Any experience that you have is the experience you're supposed to have. You know, so many people think you're supposed to empty your brain of all the thoughts, right? And Mm -hmm. that's not in my experience. That's not the point of the practice. The point of the practice is just to have some stillness with yourself, tune into your body, tune out of everything else, and tune in to your breathing. So the practice actually is when your thoughts start trailing off, you know, I like to think of them as clouds. You just imagine them Mm -hmm. floating by. And then the practice is coming back to yourself and coming back to your breath. So having that awareness that, oh, there was a thought, I started getting distracted, coming back to yourself, that's the practice. So Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone ever to get discouraged when they're meditating that they're doing it wrong.
0: Because if you can
1: breathe and if you can sit down, then you can meditate. Mm -hmm. And I also love that you weren't afraid to try different types of meditation. There are so many kinds. And if one the first type you you try isn't working for you, then there are so many other different types. And I would encourage everybody to try different types. Personally, I love body scans. Mm -hmm. I love loving kindness meditation. You can find any of these anywhere. You know, YouTube, you just type it up and they have scripts on YouTube. There's great apps like the Calm app, Headspace. There's so many different Mm -hmm. places that people can find to kind of get introduced to this.
0: Yeah. I tried Kundalini also like a few years ago and I couldn't do it. And then just randomly tried it again and it clicked this time. And I used to be the person like at the end of yoga when you're in Savasana, like I couldn't even sit still then. And I would have like my to-do list going through my head. And that's what I always say. Like when I teach, see your to-do list and then let it go. Focus back on your breathing. You know, um, they say this, the point of meditating isn't to get better at meditating. It's to get better at life. We're always going to have thoughts. So it's just seeing them and then coming back. And sometimes you might, the goal or... It might be teaching you to sit with your thoughts, you know, because some people don't want to have their thoughts. So that might be what you need to do. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Shavasana was always really hard for me too. I'm a naturally Mm -hmm. just busy person and I like to be moving. So that was always difficult for me too. But now it's my favorite part, (laughs) you know, just to sit there at the (laughs) end and soak it all in and just be with myself. I think that's a huge Mm -hmm. thing for everybody in our society. We live in like this hustle culture where everybody wants to do more, 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 and be busy, 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 busy. And I think that we're missing out on tuning into ourselves because in my opinion, that's where you get so much, you know, oftentimes we're looking outside of ourselves for answers on parenting and answers on life. And i found That when you tune into yourself and your own intuition, you can find so many answers there if you just trust that and you believe in yourself, it can, I mean, I think it can really help parents feel comfortable and confident in making their decisions. Because at the end of the day, you're the expert on your own child. I'm the Mm -hmm. expert on my own child, you know, so we can obviously look to other sources, read books and things like that. But just because it works for one mom or for one child doesn't mean it is or isn't going to work for your child or that's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: So it just is,
1: you know, and everybody's different. Yeah,
0: I, I love that. And I feel like more people need to actually like internalize that because even like when I'm like, if a friend is asking for advice, I would give them what I would do but I'm not them. And I think people have to like understand that and grasp that. So everyone's so different. I love um, that example. I
1: think it's a great example.
0: Yeah, hmm So speaking also with like self-care, I do this with my kids every year and I actually just wrote a blog about this, um, but like goal setting and creating vision boards. Um, Do you do that with um, your kids or in your work also with girls?
1: Love vision boards. I think vision boards are such a great tool. And first of all, they can really get you inspired, but they Mm -hmm. also are really fun. You know, it's a fun thing to do with everybody. As a family, we try to sit down a few times a year and do vision boards. And Mm -hmm. we go to the store, we get some magazines or print some things off on the internet of just some goals for ourselves and to get inspired and make a board. And then we put it in places where we can see it on a regular basis. We do it with moms, we do it with girls. Um, And again, I think the important thing is to put it somewhere that you see it on a daily basis. So you continue to have that inspiration right there for you. You're actually kind of seeing your goals right there. The other thing, the other component to the vision board is sometimes people can get bogged down in the big ideas of the goals. So maybe you have a goal to do A, but you don't know how to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to take time too, to break it into these tiny micro steps. It, It feels much more manageable when you can take these tiny steps to reach your goal instead of just looking far ahead thinking how am i ever going to do this i know that i want to do it but i don't know how and so when we break it down and we kind of check each step off it feels much more manageable and it's also important to celebrate those small wins because when you reward yourself and it can be any type of reward it doesn't need to be anything big it doesn't need to cost yeah. any money you know it could even just be like wow great job you know as moms i think We oftentimes don't ever compliment ourselves. I think we don't ever celebrate ourselves. I think being a mom is one of the hardest jobs there is. It's one of the most beautiful and rewarding, but also one of the most hard. And Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: think that moms appreciate themselves enough and everything that they do for
0: everybody. So I think it's important for us to do that. Yeah. I love that too. <laughs> what are some ways that we can bond with our children or child? So
1: when my kids were younger, you know, I remember reading a book about imaginary play, and it was funny because my sister was amazing at it. and I wasn't and I felt bad. And so I'd like try to do it, and I wasn't enjoying it. and I think that my kids may have felt that I wasn't enjoying it too. But there were other things that I did enjoy and my kids enjoyed too, but I almost felt like we didn't do those as much because I thought that I should do these prescribed activities which are, you know, imaginative play and all of these other things. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older and my kids have gotten older, I've kind of taken the pressure off and you know, I have a son who loves to read. I love to read. So him and I read together. I have a daughter who loves to craft. I love to do crafts. So her and I do crafts together. I have another daughter who likes to dance. I like to dance. So when she's doing some sort of dancing with music on, I'll dance with her too. You know, I don't think it needs to be this grand thing. You know, yeah. so many times we, we set these plans, you know, we're going to have this special day yeah, and we're going to do all these things together and it's going to be amazing. And you know, 90% mm-hmm. of the time this one's crying and these are fighting and you know, it just doesn't turn out that way. And then we feel bad and we feel upset because it didn't turn out that way. And I mean, there, there is value in doing those things. I'm not trying to take away from that, but I think one of my main messages, especially for moms is take the pressure off yourself. You can have these little tiny bonding moments that I think are really important. You know, reading with my son, um, dancing with my daughter, like I said, doing crafts with my older daughter. And if you don't know, then ask your child, what do you want to do together? You know, what, Mm -hmm. and I think that they'll tell you, you know, ask them, what would your ideal day look like with me?
0: Yeah. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we try to do like movie nights. um, And we used to, but now my 14 year old, I mean, she's a freshman in high school. Now she doesn't want to do them anymore. And, you know, I'm fine with that. I think my husband still is like, can you just do it one night? And she's like, no, I don't want to. And then it takes forever for all of us to even agree on a movie too. And then the two kids are fighting. So I'm just like, okay, you know? (laughs) So my youngest though, she'll say, she'll be like, wanna watch a movie? So I watch a movie with her and she's into stranger things now too, which she might be a little too young for, but we let her watch it. But um, we watched that with her this summer too, so.
1: I love that.
0: And that's the thing.
1: That's easy. Mm -hmm. She wants to watch that and you want to watch it too. And you guys have a good time doing that. That's enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And as far as the movie thing with your older daughter, that's okay too. You know, she's getting older and maybe there's other things that you guys can do in place of that, whatever it is, maybe she's into, I don't know, getting her nails done. I I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you go do that with her and then have lunch or coffee after I'm not sure, but I we think- We did that do that
0: just before school. We did nails and lunch.
1: <laughs> and that's amazing. And again, that's yeah. enough. You know, we put pressure mm-hmm. on ourselves to, you know, have this movie night and everybody's gonna, I mean, we do yeah. it too. My husband falls asleep during the movie oh, night. Oh, so does you mine, know, my, yeah. the kids are- <laughs> And then
0: start snoring, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. So I think it's the little moments, the little moments mm-hmm. that we sometimes- don't think are good enough, those are good enough. You know, those are when we're really bonding with our kids. And I think those are what matter.
0: Mm -hmm. What are some ways collectively, like as a family, we can reduce stress? I know, I think my kids feed off of me when I am stressed, they can sense it. And then they start to like get agitated.
1: I can relate to that for sure. Um, one of the biggest things is I like to think about stress and emotions like a stoplight. So if we're all operating in the green zone, which is everybody's at a calm place, then maybe we can have more discussions. Everybody lets things go a little bit more. If we're operating or if I'm operating from a red space, so a red stoplight, I think to myself, I need to stop and I actually take a break. So I step out of, I tell the kids, you know what? I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm feeling really frustrated. I'm feeling really angry, whatever it is. You know, I'm very open with them. And I said, I need to give myself a break. And I step out of the room and I do something to bring myself back to green. And sometimes it takes longer than others, (laughs) but again, I hope that I'm modeling this for them so they can learn this and do this themselves too. All of us have the ability to regulate ourselves back to a peaceful place. For me, it really helps to meditate. It helps to do the deep breathing. It really helps even just to step outside and have a different environment. And I encourage my kids to do that too. I'll say that to them. I see you're going to the red zone. Maybe you should step outside. Maybe you should go do, go read a book, you know, for my son or whatever it is, and I'll encourage them to do it. Do they do it all the time? No, (laughs) but I think that I am planting seeds for them that Mm -hmm. hopefully they will cultivate over time and they will end up using these tools too. Because the other thing is they're little, you know, they're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. I think it's important. For so long, I felt that I needed to be this perfect parent. And I think that that was doing my kids a huge disservice. Because when we have to force ourselves to show up as perfect all the time, then our kids aren't seeing that they can be imperfect. So then Mm -hmm. they're feeling like they have to be perfect too. So when we give ourselves the space and grace to show up imperfectly, then they see, oh, okay, it's okay for me to do that too. And I think, again, that's a big pressure that a lot of kids feel, especially girls, is that they have to be perfect. and. We remind them, you know, nobody's perfect. Who who decides Mm -hmm. what's perfect? You decide what's perfect. And she decides what's perfect for her. And I decide what's perfect for me. So I think that those can be some powerful tools.
0: Yeah. I know we talked about morning routine. Do you have any other self-care routines that you practice or a nighttime routine? So for
1: my nighttime routine...
0: I love tea. So I always have some tea before bed.
1: I recently have gotten more into stretching. So I'll try to do like something short, you know, five, 10 minutes of stretching yeah. because as you get older, I think it's really important to do that. Um, and then I'll finish my night with gratitude, a brain dump and gratitude. So that's usually what it looks like. I mean, that's an ideal night though. Again, I don't want people mm-hmm. to feel pressure to have any certain yeah. morning routine or any certain night routine. The point isn't to beat yourself up about it if you don't do it. I'm telling yeah, sharing my ideal morning routine and my ideal night routine. Does it happen all the time? No. <laughs> do I wish it would? Yeah. Yes. but it's okay. It's okay. And I also think it's important to remember that what your morning routine and night routine look like in mine, it's okay for them to be different. Maybe you and I need different things. Maybe different mm-hmm. things feel good to us. Some people are night people maybe they'll do more things in the night than someone else does in the morning. And that's okay. I think that everybody's having this individual experience. And then when you lean more into that and take the pressure off of yourself, it's just a more positive place.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I really don't have a night routine because my kids um, with their sports and activities, it's, we're going in every which direction. Um it's hard. And then sometimes it's changed a little bit. Well, I don't know yet because school just started, but, um, last school year, like we weren't getting home until 10 o'clock at night, m- me and my oldest Wow. and yeah. And then, you know, she'd be showering and I'd be getting, you know, ready for bed too. And then I get up at 4am. So it was just like, wash my face, brush my teeth, do a little meditation to relax and go to bed. <laughs> so. Yeah, but
1: that's enough. Mm -hmm. that's enough. That's Mm -hmm. what works for you. And that's enough. Again, I think a lot of times we put these pressures on ourselves. Well, I should have a night routine. I should have a morning routine and it's okay if you don't, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. if things change, you know, at this time in your life, that's where you are. And maybe as your kids get older, you'll be at a different place. Maybe you won't be, you know, and that's okay.
0: What activity did you say it was your daughter what activity was my daughter well they used to be in um competition all-star cheer um they're not doing it this year but now my youngest is doing volleyball and my oldest uh, cheers for the high school and she's on the competition she's like cheers for sports like sideline cheer but they also have um competition um competitive well competition high school team or something like that so she has that so nights have opened up a little more, um, because being an all-star competitive cheer family is literally, that's your life. So wow, yeah, she so, still tumbles. So there's okay. that. Okay.
1: <laughs> so what was your experience? What was your experience
0: and your girl's experience with cheer? My, okay. Well, hear. when they were both doing it, you know, it was, um, they both had practice, I think on different, it just depend what year it was. Sometimes they had practice the same days. Sometimes they didn't. One year, my daughter, my oldest was double teaming. So she was on two teams. So she literally had practice Monday through Thursday. Um, it is fun because when competitions start, you're like gone for weekends at a time. We got to go to really fun places. We went to Palm Springs. We went to Los Angeles, Orlando, wow. like a few times. Um, for end of season competitions, and Disney. So that's wow. fun. And I think we will miss those competitions this year because we were always gone on a weekend. Um, with high school, I don't know yet how competition's going to go the, then and when competitions are. They're weekends also, but I'm not sure yet. So, What did you think about
1: like the cheer culture? I think oftentimes oh. cheer and cheerleaders can get a bad rap. And what, what was your experience with it in your girls?
0: Um, so we didn't have a bad experience with that. Um, you do have like some people I know they didn't want their kids to do like the spray tan or the makeup. Um, they have, if you are on a junior or youth team, you have mesh. So your stomach's not showing. I mean, it is like, kids wear sports bras and like those tight shorts to practices so maybe I just got used to it um they don't um the gym they went to is very good about they follow their social medias too our their the kids the athlete social media too they're very good we had to watch a video like how to protect our kids from predators um they teach the kids that like, they wouldn't allow a kid to be photographed with some, an adult by themselves. Like, oh, can I get a picture with your kid? They'd be like, no, you know, like teach your kids to say no. Like if they're uncomfortable, ask for more girls to be in the picture too. Um, That's great. So I, yeah, I never experienced that. Um, I know it's out there and we've gone to competition competitions and there's like you hear stories um someone was hiding in the girl's bathroom and stuff like that um I just never let my kids go to the bathroom by themselves you know and and it's a it's a in a oh what are they called not a oh my god I can't think of it a hall not a hall I can't think of the name right now a convention center competitions are in convention centers, so they're huge so I wouldn't let them go themselves anyways. So, and did your girls have a good experience with the other girls on the team too? Oh yeah, they did. They're they're still really good friends. So yeah, it's good families and kids. So I never experienced that. I know it's not like dance moms, like that show. Um, I know there are, and I know some people have experienced that, we didn't like my youngest is still really good friends with two of her friends on the team. I'm friends with their moms. My oldest has a big group that she's still friends with. Um, That's
1: amazing.
0: So mm-hmm. my daughters do cheer too.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> you do. And I, I mean, we've had nothing but a positive experience with it mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, I've heard these horror stories yeah. about cheer and cheerleading And I, I don't see that either. Um, I love the gym that my girls are at. They actually brought us in to do empowerment classes for the girls, which was incredible because Mm -hmm. we did, you know, mindfulness with them. We talked about comparison, we talked about goal setting and it was amazing. So, you know, I think there's definitely space for all of these topics we're talking about in sports too.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: yeah, we've had a really great experience too. And I'm really glad to hear that you have too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, where can the listeners find you?
1: So our Girl Empowerment Program, we have a website and it's www.firstloveyou, all one word, dot Com, And then they can find me on my Instagram at Allison Marchetti. So it's just A-L-L-I-S-O-N-M-A-R-K-E-T-T-I. And yeah, I'd love, I'd love to meet more people. You know, it's a really inclusive community. I feel like it's a real community where people just show up and they are who they are. They get support um, and hopefully learn something and feel empowered.
0: Oh, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much. This was amazing. I had such a great time. I feel like I could just chat with you all day.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Again, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. This helps other people find my podcast. It helps boost listening and downloads for more people to enjoy and benefit from, you can head to my show notes and I, and you will be able to find Allison there, her Instagram account, her website, her website is firstloveyou.com. Her Instagram handle is Allison Marchetti. That is A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Marchetti is M-A-R- K-E-T-T-I. Again, this is all in my show notes. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Take time out of your week to take care of yourself. And as always, have a great day.